All right. It is time for another episode of Breaking the Safe. I'm professional scrum trainer Ryan Ripley. Below me here is professional scrum trainer and safe fellow Yuval Urit. Yuval, how are you doing today? Good. How are you, Ryan? I'm good. I'm going to bring this music down a little bit. And we're going to start our series. And so what we're going to do is take a look at a lot of the literature and blog posts and materials out there in the world about SAFE from some of the, the heavy hitters in the community. We'll start with a post from Marty Kagan, right? So this is uh, on Marty's site where he did a scaling agile FAQ, which was um, in response to comments about um, a, a post that he did about the revenge of the PMO. Right, so this is a an interesting um, retort from Marty, where he basically argues against using safe. And so, Yuval, this is one that you brought to my attention. I had not previously seen this, and so I'm curious, what about Marty's work that uh, draw your eye that drew your eye, and that you thought, yeah, we should probably talk through some of the points that he's making. Yeah, I guess it's some sort of. I wouldn't say it's a dissonance uh, because I can understand. The connection, but on one hand, I really respect Marty's work um, for you know product leadership and product management, and I recommend any self-respecting product owner, product manager, be familiar with Marty's work on empowered uh, product teams, and everybody that's designing organizations should be thinking about how to design around empowered product teams. Those are the sort of things we talk about in Scrum training, so it's very much aligned on the, you know, since I'm following his work, it's, you know, somewhat interesting to see his perspectives uh, about safe. So I think that makes it interesting to pay attention to. You know, I think it's neat that uh, he definitely calls out a pain point, right? Producing technology at scale uh, in a lot of areas generates a lot of pain. I think it highlights in our, a, a conversation we had in our first video about there's this gap about doing big things at scale um, that Scrum and Kanban and, and other frameworks just did not touch. Mm -hmm. And so I think even Marty's kind of getting to that point of there's a pain point here that really hits hard. But um, But what Marty's trying to do is become product centric, right? And I think what's interesting about his post um, is that he first of all looked at some of the best companies uh, at the time from a technology standpoint. And so he looked at, you know, the culture of some of these places and how that culture could be antithetical to the cultures of an Amazon or a Netflix um, or another, a, a, a Google or a Microsoft, you know, a, a, a large company that, that successfully delivers software, how their, their technolo technological cultures especially would almost be allergic to uh, the scaled agile framework. Is that what you took away from it as well, Yuval? Yeah, that's a that's a big part of what uh, Marty is saying. And I think that relates to where we are in the adoption cycle for um, agile concepts. Like we talked last time, we, we both are in this game for a long time. We you know, rely mainly on the principles and the values and agile thinking is natural to us and to a lot of people out there. Um, you know, when we say agilists, those are people that think in agile uh, ways. They think 
working software as something that enables us to close feedback loops. And we understand everything and we can kind of see, you know, the uh, Scrum or, or Safe or whatever. We see why we need these sort of practices. But, and I would say big tech is full of a lot of people that understand these principles as well. People in big tech have been doing things with an agile mindset forever now as well. And whether they use agile, big A, capital A agile or not, if you look in depth, what you'll find in the successful companies is you'll find agility. Right. In the companies that are stagnant and don't really succeed, you will find less agility. I think that's something that, um, you know, we, we can agree on and Marty will agree on as well. I think the interesting question is, not why safe, or maybe let, let's retract that a bit. It's an interesting question. Why, why don't we see safe in any of these companies? And the answer for me is pretty simple. They don't need it. They're not the target audience. Yeah. They are, or they've already figured agility out. They have the sort of people that have that experience. They have the technical prowess to enable teams to be empowered, like Marty talks about, without too many coordination mechanisms. And, you know, they were able to descale the issue. They created two pizza teams that manage a microservice. And, you know, hopefully they don't need much. If you have the situation like Facebook talks about where a developer, an engineer can deploy whatever they need to production multiple times a day, they don't need safe there. So I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be worried. I, use, I wouldn't use that as a data point for what's going on elsewhere in the industry. If you have the technical prowess that Google, Facebook, Amazon, Spotify, that those people have, and you have people that are experienced agilists throughout the organization, you probably don't need safe. So who would you say, you're raising a great point here, who would you say is the target audience or the target customer for a safe implementation then? Yeah. So um, if we think about the technology adoption lifecycle, uh, the sort of thing that Jeffrey Moore talks about, Agile at this point is in the main street. The people that are currently trying to Transition towards agility, they're the majority, whether it's early, late majority. Even some of the skeptics are now trying to become agile. And those people need something different. Those people need much more than the principles of the Agile Manifesto or something like Scrum at the team level that they will figure out how to scale. They need a full solution. Jeffrey Moore talks about at that level, you need a full solution. You need case studies, you need kits, you need a business model, you need a business movement around it, you need partners, you need certifications. All of these things are needed to help the main street move towards Agile. Um, that's the target audience for the scaled Agile framework. So it's, a, you know, Marty actually kind of addresses that idea in this in this FAQ where people would argue that can't you use safe as that first step process and then evolve past it but he's very he's very clear that first and foremost you know say it's not like you're adopting a lightweight practice and then moving beyond it um, 
he says basically once he, once a company had installs safe, he generally does not see them push past it and become a product minded or a product centric organization. What are your thoughts on that, Yuval? I think he's right. I mean, empirically in the industry, we see a lot of organizations that don't push past that point, which is a real problem. So one of the challenges in the technology adoption lifecycle in general is how do you get to the point that you can create a solution that will self-sustain? And one of the things that in Scrum and in SAFE uh, we were struggling with for many years and are still struggling with, if we're honest about it, is how do we do that? Um, Scrum... Ken and Jeff created the Scrum Master, the Scrum Alliance with certified uh, Scrum Master uh, certification, which accelerated the business movement around Scrum and around Agile dramatically. Scrum probably wouldn't be, Agile wouldn't be where it is today without that movement. But it also had a lot of problems, if we're honest about it, whether it's you know, the certified Scrum Master, the professional Scrum Master certification aims to solve a lot of things with that, but there are still issues, right? Um, can we really expect these people that are just certified to be professional Scrum Masters to really lead agility in complex organizations? Some of them would be able to do that because they already had the right sort of um, experience and mindset, and those people can really help drive their organizations forward. And some people struggle with it and get to the point that it's just mechanical scrum. Very similarly, in the safe world, um, the safe program consultant is the mechanism to scale safe. It's the, um, the SPC is the sort of person that learns the most about SAFE as part of the organizational uh, journey and the person that could come from outside. And if you're working with this right sort of person that understands the principles, that has experience with agility, they would be able to help you implement the practices with a good understanding of the principles and to not stick too much to specific practices for too long, but use them as a way to transcend to a mode where you're, you know, mixing and matching things, where you transcend from shu to ha and ri. On the other end, the more what we see out there in the market is because SAFE is so successful, it's very attractive to people. You see a lot of people that you know, are coming over from walls that are dying, like the world of the rational unified process, the, you know, classic traditional project management for software development. Those are, you know, dying words, uh, dying walls. Um, and those people see safe as a way for them to come into the product development um, and modern um process walls some of them are doing great they really get it that you know it's there's a spark and they become some of the um, best agilists out there like 
you know, both you and I know some uh, project managers that became some of the most amazing professional scrum trainers out there in the community. Sure. Um, so some of these people are doing great work as SPCs and driving safe world, but there are a lot of people that, you know, um, you can take them out of RAP and traditional project management, but you cannot take RAP and traditional project management out of them. And well, and that's a common thing, right? So I, I think um, your, your, your comparison between, you know, the, the two-day class and a successful scrum master versus, you know, having a, an SPC come in and work with you on safe. And I, I think it's a, it's a, it's a great point. What most people don't realize and, and scrum gets criticized for this too, right? Well, you only took a two day class. How are you an expert? Well, you're not supposed to be. Mm-hmm. And just because I took a four day course on safe does not mean I'm a qualified SPC that should go in and install this in companies. I spent to become a professional scrum trainer, the better part of 15, 20 years working to build up a body of knowledge that qualified me to teach. You're in the same boat. You spent the better part of 15, 20 years. You're a little older than me. Maybe you got a few more years on me, but we spent many, many years building up a skill set that allowed us to be successful as scrum masters, product owners, developers, executives. It wasn't a two-day class. What the two-day class shows you is a professional learning path that you need to to start heading down over the next three, five, seven years to really come into your own as, as an agilist. And I think um, if safe, if an SPC approaches their journey the same way or, or a fellow or an SPCT or whoever it is, if they see this as in a moment of time, I learned something, but now I need to go try to do the lightest weight uh, implementation of safe possible, build on the minimal but sufficient, following the manifesto principles and and helping organizations change not only so there's two parts here, right? That's for the SPC, but for the organization that wants to scale every time Todd and I have been approached to consult or do a very lucrative transformation, we've turned it down because we insisted that their technology, architecture, and tech excellence be leveled up before we do a transformation. And so I think that's the deficiency, right? The Amazons, the Googles, the Netflixes of the world say what you want about, you know, what's going on today. Their technology and their tech, it, it is excellent. Their architecture is excellent. Their build pipelines are excellent. They are insanely disciplined on tech which means they have earned the right to scale. Most organizations have not in, and have not embraced tech. Ex- well, we have one in the news today. Southwest Airlines just had a horrible Christmas, right? A yeah. horrible Christmas. And it turns out the technology was not up to par for a modern day booking, scheduling, um, workforce coordination needs that happen over the, the busiest travel time of the year, especially in the face of a massive polar vortex Uh, that screws up a lot of flights, but they are a safe company, right? They have uh, safe installed and there's a ton of videos of, I think at the last safe summit, the executives were there talking about their safe implementation, but as it turns out, tech isn't quite there. And I think that's, that's the, that's the difference, right? You can take the two day class and become a scrum master, but then it takes years to earn your, earn the tools and the knowledge to, to be successful organizations. You can go through the safe process and practice, but if your tech stack is is antiquated, if you are sitting on legacy code, if your tech excellence and architecture are lacking, you are in a lot of trouble. Does that does that resonate? 
It does. I think you were talking about Southwest. I was thinking about Nokia and Scrum. I mean, there's a Scrum test named after Nokia. And where, you know, there's probably a lot of people that are listening that don't know who Nokia is. Yeah, yeah. That, right? Uh, people that have been around uh, a bit less than, than you and I. But I think Nokia is an example of what Marty talks about. I mean, their technical stack, I'm not an expert on what was going on there, but for me, the main thing that they lacked is an understanding of the real customers, the real market. Right. They did not create empowered product teams. They had a lot of Scrum, yep. but not empowered product teams. Well, in my knowledge of Southwest and the and the technology, in all fairness, comes from the New York Times and and YouTube videos. And so I'm not an insider. So everything I say is allegedly kind of sort of maybe, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, it's an outsider perspective, but I think in, but it, it could be any company on the planet. I, I can't tell you how many companies have come to Agile for Humans and said, hey, we want to do a total transformation. And we say, great, let us look under the hood. And hey, why don't you spend the 5 million on the tech and then come back after that? And they all just say, well, that's not what we want. And we say, cool, that's not how we work, you yeah. know? So I, I think it's a very common thing. It's not limited to the Nokias or the 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 Southwest of the world. I think a lot of companies struggle in this space. I personally wish they would invest in the tech and the architecture and and the and the build pipelines and then come back, but I'm not king of the world. I, I guess one thing that we need to acknowledge and to bring this back to the you know safe conversation and what's safe's part in this is that safe is a you know, Scaled Agile or SAFE is a framework created by a for-profit organization, which yep. is Scaled Agile. They have an interest, right? They're, they want to improve the world of work. They want to improve the world's ability to, you know, deal with complex product development, but they also want to make money doing it. Yep. And it creates... The need, you know, every time you have a situation, an organization in that situation, and the Scrum Alliance and Scrum.org, they're in a similar bind. It's always a balance of do we, what do we do with the bar? What do we do with the bar for people that would be empowered to implement this framework? For example, the SPC. Sure. If the bar is too high, the framework would not scale that quickly in the market. If the bar is too low, the framework would scale too quickly in the market to the point that a lot of people are abusing it. So it's a constant struggle between how do we create the right amount of adoption, the right quality of adoption, and it's it's a tough balance. Um, and... You know, the, there's some valid criticism about the fact that, you know, it would be, you know, as an SPC T, I can tell you as, as a person that trains SPCs, I would be more comfortable if people that pass the, you know, that took the SPC uh, class, the implementing safe class, and even got their SPC certification, would not immediately go and be authorized to do everything related to implementing safe in the trenches immediately. Yep. Um, 
I think what we're seeing in the market is organizations are learning that it's, you know, it makes sense to expect some more experience to look for people that have done this quite a bit, that there's some depth that is expected, um, that it's beyond just the, you know, the three-letter or four-letter acronyms on your LinkedIn or uh, Credly or whatever. And that would, on one hand, slow, safe, adoption, which is, I think is a good thing. It would make the organizations that are serious about SAFE more successful. It would make life harder for people that are just trying to, you know, use SAFE as a way to, you know, make money, even if they don't have experience in Agile. I I find that as a good thing. I think you should grow your experience in Agile through the trenches and don't make too many shortcuts. I think I would be glad to see, you know, the bar being raised by scaled agile as well. But I think market forces are doing uh, a similar job. So that's where I see this. Yeah, it, this it's market. And I think in you know in future videos, I'm sure that some of the questions that our audience would bring up it would be good to kind of have these conversations around inside safe, what's going on from a business movement perspective and what's the difference between the business movement and the framework as defined. Yep. Oh, I totally agree. And just to wrap it up with, uh, with Marty's post, which there'll be a link in the show notes for you to check out uh, in the script description below. It's a good read. He really wraps this up with being a product centric or product minded person who wants organizations to move in that direction to, and so from his perspective, going in the safe direction um, will not get you there. I think that's a, it's a fair conclusion from Marty's. That's Marty's conclusion. I think it's fair to state it that way. And in fact, he closes with a great quote from Jeff Bezos. Uh, if you're not watchful, the process can become the thing. This can happen very easily in large organizations. The process becomes the proxy for the result you want. You stop looking at outcomes and just make sure you're doing the process right. And I think that can happen, if we're fair, that can happen in Kanban, it can happen in Scrum, it can happen in Safe, it can happen in um, whichever product-centric uh, development path you've chosen. But I think it is a, an important thing to keep your eye on is, are we trying to be the perfect Safe implementation or are we trying to deliver frequently and delight our customers? Yeah, I, I, it's a great quote. And... You know, elsewhere, Marty also talks about another practice that Amazon use that is not mentioned in this quote. So there's process, there are outcomes, but Amazon relies heavily on first principles. Mm. And I think that's the piece in Scrum and in Safe that Marty doesn't acknowledge. And a lot of, to be fair with Marty, a lot of practitioners don't acknowledge either. Um you know, in the class that you participated in, there's a lot of conversation about yep. principles, whether it's a specific, you know, um, almost a day that talks about the principles of SAFE and also bringing back to the principles at each and every uh, section afterwards. But to me, that's the important thing when you're implementing any sort of agile framework process. It's the principles. And I invite Marty and other people that are bashing SAFE or thinking about SAFE 
to look at the principles, at SAFE's principles, and see how much alignment there is, or look for misalignment between these principles and their principles. And I don't think there's much misalignment. I think SAFE's principles are very aligned with what we talk about at Scrum.org, what we talk about you know, in the Kanban world, what uh, Marty talks about with product-centered uh, thinking, with what people find in, you know, uh, the Spotify engineering culture videos. And by the way, there, the principles are more important than the practices. So maybe it, maybe it could be interesting, Yvonne, and we're going to wrap up this video, but in a future one, maybe you would present the principles or at least a... Yeah a summary of them and, and allow me to take a shot at picking them apart a little bit, comparing and contrasting to Scrum. Maybe we'll have a good back and forth about those first principles and see how those really do align with other frameworks and other ideas. Yeah. Happy to do that. I think that would Let's be cool. do it. Well, Yuval, I appreciate you walking through uh, this piece by Marty uh, Kagan. I had never seen it before and I thought it was an excellent read. Um, he certainly does have some interesting points um, concerning um, you know, safe and, and its use. And uh, I think we can all learn a lot from that. So thanks for bringing that forward. And uh, I can't wait for the next one. And speaking of the next one, you don't want to miss it. So like, and subscribe, right? You got to like, and subscribe so that you do not miss future videos. In any case, like the video, it does help us out in the algorithm. Keep an eye on myself and Yuval and Agile for Humans on Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, all the socials. Uh, we'll keep you up to date on what we're working on and make sure that you never miss a vid. Um, some other videos are going to pop up. It's from our catalog of classes. Be sure to check those out. They're free. And hey, you might learn something. Uh, for Yuval, I'm Ryan. Uh, thank you for joining us on this uh, episode of Breaking the Safe. Leave your comments below. Let us know what you want to hear about. We'll be sure to turn those into videos as well. And we'll see you next time. See you, Ryan.